0: Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com. And they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST-125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The racebooks has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you
1: win, you get paid. Bet US. In the South, it's always college football season, and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Dan
2: Mullen is an offensive coordinator. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Monday, and I'm not announcing news. I'm not stating a fact. I'm saying that right now, today, as I sit back in my chair, close one eye, lean back the other way and look upward, Dan Mullen, I think he's an offensive coordinator. This is not rewriting the past decade plus. (laughs) Should have known it all along, folks. I tried to tell you. That's not true. This is me talking about Dan Mullen Today, And Dan Mullen today is not a head coach in a factual manner or in a mindset or approach. Now, the problem was, I don't know that he was really in at least Florida Gators head coach mindset and mode. Maybe anytime since he returned to Gainesville, I don't know. But here's what I do know. He's not the guy from Mississippi State. Right now, today, Dan Mullen, we're on in Gainesville. Coach, hope you're listening. Uh, Feel free to call. You can get in touch with us. Um, And I'm not mocking. I'm saying, yeah, give us a call. We'd love to talk. Today, Dan, you're not the guy from Mississippi State. You're not the former Florida coordinator who clearly understands what the job is. Today, right now, Dan Mullen is not a coach with the mentality to be in charge at a place where winning is the goal every Saturday, and that's UF. UF is a great program. I have heard over the last few days that, well, the job's not really what you think it is. No, y- Yes, it is. Head coach at Florida, it is one of the 11 top five jobs to have. There were 12, but I think there's 11 now. It's an unbelievable opportunity. And it is also an unbelievable responsibility. Like Clark Lee said, I'm best program in the SEC. Well, all right. As far as SAT or, I don't know, endowment? Sure. Vanderbilt. So I'm sitting in the big room at media days. I was like, all right, we're going to play this game. Um, It's like when Eli Drinkwoods. I was like, Coach, you know, talk about recruiting outside of Missouri. Chuck, I won't stop you. We can win a title just with the kids in Missouri. I was like, all right, here we go. We got we're gonna play this one um, Florida is not a place with any context to it. what's the goal when do you know who has context? you know when we have Matt Jones on and he is as realistic and just awesome when it comes to talking about his program as any man or woman we have on and he says for instance the Georgia game we're not gonna beat Georgia anyway so it's good that it's on the road. Might beat LSU. It's good that it's in Lexington. Isn't that a Kentucky-level discussion? South Carolina over the weekend, which, by the way, Harson, you got issues. We have JG on. JG Tate's coming on about, I don't know, five, six minutes, whenever I stop talking. They got issues. And I do want to say, let's give credit to the South Carolina kids. Part of this story is they won, and they're getting a 13th game. A bigger part of the story is, that was a really, really bad day for Auburn. But at a place like Mississippi State, at a place even like Arkansas, Missouri, you talk about where the game is. Hey, we're playing LSU. Oh, where's the game? At Florida, it doesn't matter where the game is. You're Florida. It doesn't matter. Well, so-and-so hired a new coach. Oh, a recruiting problem. It doesn't matter. You're Florida. The... The goal every Saturday, regardless of opponent or location, is winning. It's a great, great, great program. As a head coach, Dan Mullen, current times. As a head coach in Gainesville, Dan Mullen was passive, conservative, uncreative, did not understand how talent works, especially a quarterback, by the way. Senior, leadership, yeah, well, that guy's different over there. That guy, he's, he's different. He needs the the weekend instructional. Dan Mullen at, at UF needs to attend the weekend course, Always Be Crutin'. Dan Mullen, who rolled out of bed this morning, that is not the guy Florida hired. As an OC, I believe he would be freed to live just him and his play sheet. And he doesn't have to meet the media and doesn't have to set a recruiting course and isn't the coach making the call to punt or go on fourth down? My goodness. Uh, That's really what looks like is best for Dan. And I'm talking the Dan Mullen that is of right now in 2021. No Mississippi State coach ever is going to have the same expectations as the UF coach, and he will never be scrutinized at the same level either, and he shouldn't. But when both of those expectations and scrutiny – started to be in play with Mullen, he failed on both. This firing is insane and warranted.
1: the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show Week all year, it's all college football on the
2: Chuck Oliver Show. Appreciate everybody getting in here on this Monday. Want to reach out right now to a guy who does a great job covering the Auburn Tigers. Uh, and it has been a rough past few days for Auburn. Past couple of Saturdays, uh, home lost to Mississippi State. Go on the road, and they make South carolina season to uh, a certain degree. From the Auburn rival side, it is JG Tate. Jay, how you doing today? Uh, hello, it's
3: uh, nice to be on your airwaves once again.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you making time. Um, buttoned up, that is a phrase that we all kind of know, as nonspecific as it is, we know exactly what it means, and that's kind of a Brian Harson squad. They're very buttoned up, um, and that has not been the case the past couple of Saturdays. Uh, let's just talk about Saturday in Columbia, South Carolina, fast start, and then the offense uh, just kind of went away. Uh, what was your takeaway
3: from South Carolina? Yeah, the takeaway from that one was, uh, yikes, uh, just kind of getting lax again in the second half. I mean, they come out and score uh, touchdowns on two of their first three drives, and then it just kind of goes to the tank, which is what we saw at A&M. That's what we saw against Mississippi State for sure. And then uh, you see it again, and you start having questions about just kind of the mentality of this team and, and can they absorb uh, bad things happening in the game and turning things around. I mean, the answer is no. Not right now. They can't. And now they've got Alabama. So uh, yeah, this is this is uh, kind of sputtering toward the finish. Uh,
2: if we look at you know the Auburn one through 85, there are just some elite players just dotting that roster. Obviously, everybody knows about Tank Bigsby. Um, I've you know Kobe Wooden, to me is one of the the most anonymous true stars in the SEC anywhere. Um, you know McCreary. they are just some really outstanding players. Uh, But I don't know if one through 85, I can say they're really that much better than South Carolina. And that has been something that I've always been able to say after a loss is, you know, Auburn's got a lot more talent than that other team. I don't know where that roster falls right now. Um, Just give me just your observations of one through 85 in Auburn.
3: Yeah, I mean it's not good. Uh, there's a reason that Gus Malzahn not the coach here anymore. And I mean, you look at some of those names you just mentioned. I mean, Roger McCreary—they kind of picked him up off the scrap heap, and he isn't a tremendous football player. I mean, Colby was a recruit of some some renown, but not like a superstar. So I mean, they're kind of getting mileage out of dudes that aren't huge names and Malzahn didn't get huge names and these guys haven't gotten huge names to this point either so uh, you're right Uh, normally you would think Auburn be playing South Carolina they would have a huge advantage there but I ain't the way it is right now Uh, let's talk about TJ
2: Finley um, and his performance not only this past Mm -hmm. weekend but um, what to maybe expect this uh, coming week as the uh, season wraps up against uh, Alabama
3: you know to me he's just a solid good SEC quarterback like he's not a star I don't think he has any star real ability per se I mean I think he's okay and uh, they're trying to get the most they can out of him he's not a runner Uh, he did make a couple nice runs the other day but it was kind of out of panic than anything else he's not a a good guy for designed runs so uh, you're just trying to get it through man you're trying to drive it home with one headlight is the way I would put it and they've got to ride Tank Bixby and that's the weird thing about this last game was they did ride Tank Bixby and he was really really good and then when the crunch time came down, they didn't give him the ball. And I'm still just kind of wondering what happened there. I mean, he was having the best game of the whole year. Yeah, he was, it was a dominating a... element in that game, and they just went away from him.
2: It was a fourth and one, and they decided to uh, go up deep, up top and kind of deep. Um, what was the explanation for that following the game?
3: Uh, they were just trying to something different. They thought it was going to work, which is what every coach would say. And, I, you know, I would disagree with that. I mean, TJ hadn't connected on balls down the seams all night and his long throws had looked chaotic to me at best and I, you know i could understand a, a passing concept there some kind of a slant or a sticks concept uh to take them a little bit cuz i'm sure they were gearing on tank they were gearing on tank but i don't know about it. I don't know about a go-route uh, with this quarterback and these wideouts. Uh,
2: is the Alabama game again coming up this Saturday. Um, but before we get there, if we can go back to, like, the morning before kickoff against Mississippi State, you know, a week and a half ago or whatever, what were you personally – what was your personal summary? Hey, I missed the whole season. JG, tell me what's going on. What would be your summary of Brian Harson and your feel about the program going forward? And has it changed over two Saturdays? Oh,
3: heck, yeah, it's changed to some degree, although I'm not trying to be too reactive about it. But if you ask me, again, the morning of the Mississippi State game, I think, well, they're getting great coaching. Uh, I love the the mental toughness, ironically, uh, of of this team and just kind of the way they go about their business. The great thing about Harson is he's got an opinion – uh, for everything uh, about what's going on in the program and he's got a plan for everything. So he's one of those guys. And so I thought that was really kind of taken off the players had kind of followed his, his lead on that, uh, to that end. And then he got Mississippi state game where they give up 40 straight points and they lose the game at home that they should have won. And then you go on the road to South Carolina. and I, To me, that was less winnable than the Mississippi state game, particularly being up 28 to three in the first half in your own stadium. But uh, either way, they, they've, they've collapsed and they haven't shown the toughness that I thought they had. So does it change how I feel about Harson? Not necessarily, but I mean, they need to recruit. That is the number one thing yep. at this point, and they have not done that to this point. And I don't think that three losses in a row is going to help.
2: No, and let's go ahead and address Saturday. We can be short about this. Um, it's sports. There's always a chance for anybody, um, and Auburn has some good players, So, and they're at home. Uh, beyond that, uh, I don't see much of a uh, of, of, of blue sky there. So I'm going to ask my questions as if they do fall on Saturday. Uh, going forward, what are the answers? Is Bo Nix an answer for 2022? Uh, is Tank Bigsby going to be an answer for 2022? Uh, where are the answers? Kobe Hudson looks like he might be an answer. Like, where are the answers?
3: Um, yeah, I think Bo's going to be back, and I think Tank's going to be back, and I think Kobe Hudson's a good fourth receiver. They need to go out there and they need to get at least one tackle on each side of the line, I mean, one left tackle, one right tackle on the offensive line, no doubt about it. And they got to find some wideouts, and uh, they got to find some other dudes because <laughs> they're going to be losing Roger McCreary, and they need some better linebackers. So there's a lot of questions, but I think the team could be okay for next year. They just got to go out there and land some some big-time surprises on the recruiting trail. They haven't done that to this point. Um, I do think there's a couple in store, but nothing super seismic, and they've got to do that. It's just got to happen.
2: If we can yeah, we apply it to Harson or anybody else, I mean, I think that with the transfer portal and Dan Mullen being fired and Kirby's approach, um, I have worked myself around literally over like the past month. It has crystallized to me, Jay, that anything other than accumulating the most talented players that you can, the most. Most talented players you can, um, you're not doing it right in college football today. I don't think Kirby even thinks about scheme. He just thinks about, all right, where's the next guy? I just need more talent because half of them are going to leave. Um, Brian Harson, I mean, this is, it's, it's, there's no ramp up in college football, even less than there's ever
3: been. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, and I, I think you're assessing Kirby correctly. I, I think that Auburn can win without doing what Kirby does. I don't think you have to have everybody be a five-star at Auburn. Also, I don't think Auburn can win all the time big, uh, but they have shown the ability to do that in, 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 in bursts. Right, every three, four, five, six years. A uh, little bit on a downswing at the moment right now, but you know how it goes at Auburn. It can change. It can turn around very quickly. Um, Collecting players is certainly the current dominant paradigm, uh, but I don't know that Auburn will ever be able to do that because they're kind of stuck, right? They're kind of in a Georgia footprint. They're kind of in an Alabama footprint. They're kind of in an LSU footprint. And the idea that they're ever going to be able to dominate all three of those concurrently just seems far-fetched to me. So they got to kind of snipe.
2: Do, do you have another 60 seconds for a philosophical conversation? Sure, of
3: course. If it's about J.D. Um No, I'm
2: going to leave John David out of this. But um, <laughs> when it comes to Dabo, I've said that his attitude towards the portal is correct. But it's like he's the only guy who is sitting down on third down in the stadium. You know, like if everybody would stay seated on third down, it would work for everybody. Um, I think that the transfer portal it does create dis- uh, um, um, problems with your freshman and sophomore classes. I think it is about hired guns who have no no connection to your program or the culture there. I think ultimately the portal is a trap. But if you're, it's to the point where if you're not playing that game, you're going to fall behind so far just on sheer talent that um, it's hard to make that up. It's a trap, though.
3: I agree it's a trap. It reminds me a lot of the JUCO, the way the JUCO was in the 90s and maybe early 2000s. It's not like that as much now. You don't see necessarily a lot of JUCO the way you did 20 years ago. I mean, maybe that's just because at Auburn they did some of that. Jackie Sherrill did a lot of that. But it is a trap. It's a short-term solution. And what you want to do is you want to have your roster built in other ways and then maybe augment it periodically with this dude or that dude who kind of fits a particular need. When you've got to go into the portal and say, all right, I need to fix my whole offense. Like, that's when you get into trouble yep. and you start taking kids that uh, don't belong in your program, whether from a talent standpoint or from a personality standpoint. So, you got to be careful. Of course, Debo's the man.
2: JG, appreciate it as always, brother. Thank you. All right, man. Be good. All right, JG Tate. Um, talking Auburn and, and Portal. And you you don't have much of a choice right now. But even when you successfully play – and I'm I'm telling you, I, I have – I recognized what it was going to be. It was not going to be actual free agency. It was just going to be this huge talent pool that was immediately available to either Penn State or Texas State. Anywhere in between. And you could have been a five-star receiver. And, well, I'm leaving Tennessee and I want to play. Well, you could play at Penn State. You could go that route. Or you could play for the Bobcats. And and so, if you're the Texas State coach, what, are you going to say no? No, if you're the Penn State coach, you're not going to say no. If you're the Florida State coach, you didn't say no. Jermaine Johnson, and then a bunch of guys who maybe aren't as impactful. It is absolutely a trap that is littered with success stories, and it's, it's, it's the bait. It's the catnip. That's absolutely, it's a, it's a conference championship on a string that somebody is just pulling down the sidewalk. Um, and you, you almost, Dabo, almost have no choice but to play at this point. That means you just have to figure out how to do it correctly.
1: Always college football time in the south. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today.
2: All week, all year, it's all college football on the Chuck Oliver Show. want to welcome on right now from first place I visit on the interweb every single morning when I roll out of the rack, uh, from LandryFootball.com. It is my good buddy, Chris Landry. Chris, how are you today?
0: I am doing good, and uh, we know that the uh, the football weekend starts a little bit earlier this week since we're doing this on a Monday, and just glad to be with you as always.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you uh, carving out some time. Um, wow. The, the The University of Florida, we talked last week about... Um, how toxic it was there and could it reach the upper most upper levels of that coaching staff and it absolutely has um, tell me how that happened and why and when it was in place because a lot of times it's not just the outcome from sometimes it's the outcome from Saturday but sometimes it's just uh, I mean it's just another drop in the bucket
0: yeah you know we talked about it last week that things were trending and what does it really mean when we say that we always talk about the process right you know the process of when throwing things Are going well. It's not that you win, but it's the things that you're doing that creates the win, or the things that you're doing that that creates the loss or the problems. And you you
2: you know what it is? It's like when I asked you about Mac Jones's stats, and you said it's not his stats. It's how did you get the stats? How did you get to those? Same sort of thing.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, people on the outside, and, and this does not include you or your audience, who's who's in tune of what's going on, but around the country, they think, man. Guy won the the East last year. Man, that's rough. Yeah, it is rough. It's it's rough, but it's – if it was just the losses and, you know, it's about how do you fix it. If it was something that they were comfortable that could be fixed, then what they would do is make the changes and fix it. It's, you know, it's not an easy fix, but it's fixable. If everyone is not on the same page on how to fix it, then you got to move on. And and what we've seen is, you know, the rest of the season, that team is not responding to Dan hasn't responded. All due respect to, you know, the opponents that they've played, the South Carolinas, the Missouris, you know, everybody LSU, that was struggling at the time, the bottom line, it was more about what Florida was unable to do, how they were unable to improve and adjust because this team did play well against Alabama, but, in terms of the atmosphere, the, the 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 term culture of, you know, how do you do things, and then it's behind the scenes, it's recruiting, and how things are not going well there. There are things you can see. I, I don't want. I hate to make this comparison because it it doesn't mean that it's certainly not as important, but. And when you go to the doctor and they do tests and they do x-rays and MRIs and and, or a doctor says, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so, if you don't start eating right and exercise, let me tell you what's about to happen. And, you know, it it doesn't mean they're forecasting it, but you know things that are trending towards what we don't want to happen. And so you got to fix it. And I think what we've had here is the results are just the, just that the results of a byproduct of a lot of things. So how do we fix it? What's being done in recruiting? Why is there not much emphasis on it? And I think you're dealing with a coach that is not necessarily buying in to that. It is all his fault or that, you know, it's all his responsibility or, you know, that I don't want to be pushed out of my comfort zone and I hate to put it this way, but he's not happy that he's fired because it's an ego thing, but I think he'd rather move on with his money and go do something else. I've talked with Dan. I haven't talked to him since this happened, but I, you know, I know that Dan has a certain way that he believes that he can do it. And I've said it all along. I think Florida just kind of misjudged this at the beginning and that Dan is a guy that would prefer to do it his way And maybe getting that elite level guy in work and that extra effort in recruiting and understanding that it is more about the players and how you can help the players become great. And I think it's a lot about how he wants to do it and how he wants to do it and be successful is not it's gonna to be tough to do it at Florida because that's not a place that you can up coach and be a developmental program. No. That's Mississippi State. Yep. And so you've gotta you've gotta develop and and do every bit as good a job as you did at Mississippi State in that regard, but you have to do it with the five star players because the expectations level are, are different. You go six, seven wins at Mississippi State one year, it's fine. You can get it up to seven or eight. Well, heck. You know, Chuck, you can schedule a couple of wins and and get to a bowl game every year, and you're going to be fine there. And in a cup, you know, when you win nine one year, then they say, "Man, that guy's doing a great job." And then you you get a big job. But sometimes the fit there just you know not right. And the fit everybody thought was, "Oh, he was an assistant there. He knows the program. Yeah, he knows it." But that's really not his style. It's not like. Urban Meyer, the guy he worked with, that is a relentless recruiter that when he got to Florida, he went into South Florida and says, no longer Miami, is this your territory? We're going to own South Florida. We're going to own the state. And, you know, that's not Dan. And that's what you have to be.
2: I want to know how good a job it is, because I have heard conversation over the past couple of days that not anybody's. I think it's an elite job. I think it's a tremendous opportunity for a head coach. Let me say that. It's a tremendous opportunity. Um, But I have not heard a lot of opinion, not consistent opinion, that backs that up. Just tell me what you think of
0: being head coach at UF. It's, it's It's an outstanding job. Let me tell you what Florida, Florida State, and Miami were a little bit late to the party doing. It reminds me a little bit when I was at LSU back in the day, and... Loved a good friend who was my athletic director, Joe Dean. We, when I was there, and I'm not complaining, folks, but we were like three to an office in the, um, in the stadium, and and the whole narrative was, I've won three SEC championships in five years. Why do we need the facilities? It's the, it, it we were we were the worst in the ten team league. Vanderbilt and the Mississippi schools had better facilities than we did at LSU. The the landscape has changed. And just like when Jimbo leaving Florida State, Miami, Florida, all of those schools were behind facility-wise comparative to to others. And I think they lived on, we're in Florida, we can get those kids, we don't have to do A, B, C. They lack that. That's not the reason for their lack of success, but it makes for some more obstacles in recruiting that, Chris, Comparatively- it
2: was. It, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, but 2005, I started traveling around every August, um, spend the month on the road, you know, going to different, you know, camps. And it blew my mind. Miami, Florida, and Florida State, it rains every day like clockwork at 4 o'clock. It's going to rain just long enough to get your football pants soaked. And then it's going to stop. Nobody had an indoor facility. Nobody.
0: Yeah, no. And, and it's just, again, it's part of they were so good. That they did. we won without that we don't need it. Well, here's the problem: everybody else has it. So when you're now the least attractive house yeah. on the block, it's different. Now it's not the whole, the whole reason, but now when you put that in place, there's nothing Florida doesn't have. I mean, it it has the ability to do at a different level because it is the only school in the SEC of the three you can have. You know. Everything that you need, all the talent level. Yeah. It's, it's like an AM, quite frankly. If you want to make that comparison, if it's AM without the facilities and the infrastructure, but they're doing that. And they're gonna they're in the spring, they're gonna have that new, you know, uh, operation center, practice facility that's gonna be every bit as good as anybody's. But they've they've been a little bit lax in that. It's a great job for a lot of the lo- younger listening audience, they don't realize that until Charlie Pell got there. It was an untapped place. It oh, they was, never won. They they, they they never won there, but there's a reason why. They, they didn't put the infrastructure. Charlie Pell, who put together IPTA, which is I pay 30 a year is in 1,000 at Clemson, went to Florida, and he started something called the Bull Gators. And that's the best. Yep. That's, that's where Florida started to change. And, of course, he got trouble like he did at Clemson. Um, eh, details. But, but once they got— you know spurrier in there it was the the benefactor of that and if you look at the bull gators they got pages and pages of guys with names and the print's so small you can't read them unless you got a magnifying glass so they've got infrastructure they've got money they're now putting it to use and have been for a while but they've just been a little bit behind other folks they're catching up they've that is not the reason for them to have to not focus on recruiting more than Dan did. That was the biggest problem. You get somebody that understands you don't just recruit. Florida doesn't recruit itself. LSU doesn't recruit itself. Yes, it sells itself, but you have to work at recruiting. You have to evaluate correctly, and you have to work it regardless how easy a product. It might be easy to sell. You might be selling it to the wrong guys. Texas, you know, for example, oh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of places to where you've got a lot to sell, but you bring the wrong people in, or you don't bring good enough people in, you don't have enough, you don't put enough emphasis on it, talking to that staff, they spent less time in recruiting meetings than anybody I've really in the SEC in terms of how many times they meet, how many times they go over and look oh, uh, yeah. look at players yeah. together as a staff. And a lot of what Dan did, he delegated, like, I'm going to coach and I'm going to put together a group that's going to handle recruiting. Well, no, 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 you have to have people that work and handle recruiting and then siphon it up to the position coaches, the coordinators, and then ultimately the head coach because that's where it really turns out because otherwise you got the defensive line coach saying, Huh, I don't like it. That's, all, that's always what I did as a recruiting coordinator and as a scouting director in the NFL. I'm not going to put a guy that my D-line coach doesn't want or any position coach because it, it's, the guy's yeah. not going to get a fair shake. You've yeah. got to incorporate that in and you've got to work it. And they didn't do a very good job of that.
2: You know, before we break here, you're mentioning Charlie Bell, and I'm thinking about when I was a teenager and thought I understood football. I And by the way, I want to say on a personal level, I've gotten to know Danny Ford. Oh, what a good, 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 good man. I love him. I thought Danny Ford and Galen Hall were a lot better head coaches than they were. And it was because of Charlie Pell. Uh, um, You talk about leaving the the cupboard full, man, in a couple of different places. And then came the probation. But by golly, he set the stage to win, too. We are going to take a break. We will come back more Chris Landry next.
1: Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today.
2: Chuck Oliver Show continuing on a Monday. Talking to Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com. And we're talking the coaching opening down in Gainesville now at UF. There's a list of them, and some of them are really outstanding jobs. Uh, Southern Cal, for instance, it's open. It's been open since week two. USC lost to Stanford week two, fired its head coach. Lost to Stanford, gave up 42 points, fired the head coach, thought that the winning move was to promote the defensive coordinator. Since then, the Trojans have allowed 45, 42, 31, 34 and a win. 31-62 31 and 62 promoted the defensive coordinator ladies and gentlemen I want to welcome back on Chris Landry from landryfootball.com Chris how good a job is the southern cal job
0: Oh it's it's an elite job I mean look all the a lot of these jobs are good they're 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 every bit as good today if not better because the money's better but just throwing aside the money which you can't that's that's certainly the most important thing but it's a great job look the the Coaching job? People ask me oh, that What is a better job? And The answer is, the only job that the the, it's, it's, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The the job is as good as the candidates that are interested or qualified for the job. You know, I get this a lot. This article by said media guy. Well, let me rank the jobs. Uh, you ain't a candidate for any of them. It doesn't make a flipping difference who which you think is the better job. There is no such thing. It's you know what you. The, the group of people that are candidates for the job. And what would they prefer? Oh, man, I'd love to live in California. Sunny beaches, it's great. And or Chip Kelly, USC I want to be tradition. left alone. I want, I want to be at USC. Oh, I don't want to be in Los Angeles. The cost of living, the traffic. See what I mean? Yeah. It's it's great for one. It's not as good for the other. Um, it's So it's what you want. And the only opinions that matter are Uh, The candidates, the other thing that people miss most often is it's not just where you are, but more importantly or just as importantly, who you're with. So who the president, who the athletic director is, your relationship with them, that will affect a great deal of whether you might want to leave a place. Oh, so-and-so would never leave XYZ school because he's been there with – Uh, All of a sudden, if you've got a president and an athletic director, administration that you're not as comfortable with, you don't get along as well, all of a sudden the job is not as good as it used to be, or it's a better job than it used to be because of the people that you're with. So a lot of jobs are really good, and it is about things like that, and it's a comfort level, because the money has become pretty easy to figure out, because you've got 10% Ten percent of the agents that represent ninety percent of the oh, yeah. candidates, so they can manipulate and get the money and do a lot of things to make it work. the infrastructure, the staff. so it's where you want to live, the cost of living, what your life your wife want, the kids want all those things factor in a great deal more than people really know because for most people it's just a a coach coaching their team and they don't know anything about what's going on behind the scenes and the things going on behind the scenes make up about 80 percent of whether they think this job is better than the other.
2: tell me miles brendan's future
0: i don't know i mean he's gonna play somewhere i don't know where it's gonna be i mean i don't know if it's a up the road, if he wants to stay in state, I think he'd, he's going to have some opportunities. I mean, I think a, a, a you know, a, a, a lane type of place, a Southern Miss type of place, or maybe somebody that's, um, if he wants to go a little bit further, he'll have a program that's a little bit uh, higher level. Kids has some ability, no doubt about it, but I'm not quite sure where he wants to go, what he wants to do at this point.
2: Alabama, um, this is a very brief and, and, and not comprehensive, but it is a fair assessment. Um, they can strike as quickly deep as any team in America. They've got good athletes on defense, but it's not necessarily a good defense. Is that too brutal?
0: Well, uh, I'm sorry, Alabama's defense? Alabama.
2: I was like, they've got, yeah. good, they've got athletes, but it's good athletes, but it's not necessarily a good defense.
0: Yes, they do a really poor job on both the first and second level playing run fits and they really do a poor job um, staying on top of routes and leveraging in the past game. They they do a, a really, relatively speaking to what they normally are, they are behind, the, they're behind a step or two and staying in phase uh, in routes. It's it's just not quite the same as it has been. No. uh, Other than Will Anderson, um, uh, you know, who's been as good a player as there's in college football, there's just not anybody that you hang your hat on and say every down, every snap, you can rely upon them. They they are right now a team that has to outscore you. And not only that, But now how do you protect the league? Because they don't run it like they used to. What they used to be able to do is equally offensively be as effective with the four-minute offense as the two-minute offense, and that is not the case this year. So – when they were able to work the four-minute offense effectively, they could protect their defense a little bit more, stay off the field. And remember what I always say, you you, you run a four-minute offense, your defense gets, what, extra rest time and adjustment time. And you're really not getting that right now. So they're having to outscore people. And, I, you know, right now they're having to throw people to create a, a light run box so that they can find a way to run. It's just not – typical Alabama
2: everything is backwards there man um, last thing I want to ask you about is uh, Saturday against Auburn um, and, and not what the threat level is uh, but where is Nick Saban where is where where is you know the collective Bama's mind right now because they know the big picture. it's never been the big picture and commentary has never been more accessible to all 85 of your players where do you, where is their mind right now
0: I I have not gotten this directly from Nick, so I, I want to yeah. preface this. Yeah. But I've known him enough to know that I can see his mannerisms. He knows this team is lacking. They're trying hard. That's why he's not – oh, he'll come out, like, for example, last week. Oh, we had the poor me's in practice because that's what it was. And he's trying to get them. But he knows this team is trying hard. They lack leadership. They lack certain players. We've talked about – Look, everybody, again, just plug a guy in right now. E- even Alabama has some guys that that weren't as good as they thought when they signed yeah. them. And that's why you've got the right side of the offensive line that is a mess. And you don't have as many impactful defensive players up front. And on this, in this back end, they're not playing as, as good as they have. So he knows, quite frankly, actually did doing a pretty good job of carving out situational football to win. I think he likes the fact that his team tries hard. I think he's going to embrace the underdog level if he gets by this week, and I think he will, to, to go and play Big Bad Georgia. You're going to hear this team is great, and they are. He's going to play the underdog role where nobody's going to expect him to win. But he, this team, he knows it's just not that type of team, and I think he'd be. he's challenging them to embrace that. You know, what an opportunity you can do this, but you can see it with him because he does tends to do the opposite. When you talk about how great one of his teams are, that's rat poison, Chuck. When when you talk about, well, what's wrong, you hear him now, oh, what's yeah. wrong with your offense? Hey, look, we're proud. We won the game. I'm, you know, they competed. You know, you know, I, do you remember after the Ar- that.
2: they beat Arkansas 14 to 13, and he's like, isn't it enough that we just played and the kids won? And then when the the media asks, you know, the opposite, he'll go the other way. He's like, don't tell us how good we are. Winning's not enough. We have our standards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you won 42-13, shouldn't be happy. Look, we don't don't care about we're playing. He he understands the difference that this team is different. This team is not as good as the ones in the past, and he's trying – the, the thing you try to do with that is when your head gets full, he knocks you down to size. This is the poor sales theory, but that's not what you do with this team. This team is lacking in confidence and that's why they don't have great leadership. They're lacking in confidence. So the last thing you want to do is say, Oh, these guys are just not getting it done. He gets after them. If they, start to feel sorry for themselves. But he tries to build them yep. up. That you're better, you can be better. And that's that's the difference.
2: Chris, appreciate it as always, brother. Do it again next week.
0: All right. Happy Thanksgiving.
2: Same to you. Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Again, first site I visit every single morning, rolling out of the rack. It's high school recruiting all the way to Super Bowl Sunday. LandryFootball.com.